code of silence that we don't dare speak. There's a wall between us and a river so deep. We keep pretending that there's nothing wrong. There's a code of silence and it can't go on. I'm Alan Watt and we're cutting through the matrix. Newcomers look into cuttingthroughthematrix.com and download lots of talks and distribute them in fact, copy them and burn them and hand them out to people. And they're so cheap now the discs you can it doesn't matter how many, don't even bother listening to them. Occasionally a person here or there will and that's how that's how they get in touch with you eventually if you put your number on them. And also look into Alan Watts Sentinel.eu for transcripts that you can download to and pass around in the various languages, including English, of Europe. It's December the 10th, 2007. And before I go into what everyone's been talking about recently, and that is the new carbon taxes and the penalties they want to hits on you if you're your children, you have too many children, uh, extra money. It's just a, a form of the head tax that they, they had already when Margaret Thatcher was in, in Britain. Just a, a different name for it. Any, any old reason will do to penalize you and to make you very poor. But today I was changing my telephone plan, the long distance one, and it was through Bell, Big Bell, Ma Bell. And you have the automatic run around with the, the various automatic answers and questions and replies. And in one part, they said, could you speak uh, and uh, into this and say a sentence or something for voice print identification for future security reasons? And, of course, I, I just kept quiet. And then, and then this, this automatic responder this program for all your different reactions said, we can return to that later. So there you go. Now, this isn't new because they've been taking our voice prints for, since the 1950s. It just didn't tell you. Now they're telling you to get you used to, to the fact that everything's being monitored. They want us all to know now. This is at the age where all that was hidden will be shouted from the rooftops, all that was secret about you, that is, not about who's running the world. And it's all to do with training you to automatically respond and accept that you're just a, a meaningless little servile slave, little worm, when authority asks for whatever they ask for, which is really a demand. So we're all getting voice printed all the time, and the National Security Association has been doing it since the 1950s. And now... To the main topic, of course, and that came out from Australia first. Uh, something that uh, is quite amazing because Australia used to be quite an independent uh, country with uh, rugged individuals, and that was the key. It was individuals, and they've been they've changed over the years too, like all countries, all countries that come under the Royal Institute for International Affairs, 
And we did a little, a little uh, newspaper article here from news.com.au. It's about the carbon tax to save the planet, mind you. And it's put out by some doctor into some medical journal uh, about saving the planet and how to penalize the public about, for the carbon taxes according to, to how many children you have. And it's, it's like that police song, interesting song, too, by the police. The police, you know, I'll be watching you. But also had every breath you take in it, and it should be, I'll be taxing you. I'll be back with more about this after the following messages. Child after their second 
and an annual tax of up to $800. Uh, for, hold on a second here. I can't get this up. There we go. $800. And couples who were sterilized would be eligible for carbon credits, carbon credits under the controversial proposal. Perth specialist Professor Barry Walters. Now, people should check him out. He will be a member of the Royal Australian Institute for International Affairs. That's their branch. And that's, he's been told to, to say this and bring it to, to the public attention. This was heavily critical of the $4,000 baby bonus saying that paying new parents extra for every baby fuels more children, more emissions, and greenhouse unfriendly behavior. Instead, it should be replaced with a baby levy. I like levy. I mean, levy taxes. It comes from Levi to lift up. They were the ones who carried the ark, the big joke, you know, the ark, the big secret. And so everything is levied, is levied up in the form of a carbon tax in line with the pollute pays principle he wrote in the latest Medical Journal of Australia. Every family choosing to have more than a defined number of children should be charged a carbon tax that would fund the planting of enough trees to offset the carbon cost generated by a new human being, said Professor Walters, an obstetrician at King Edward Memorial Hospital. Now, you'll know what his main job is, won't you? It won't be to bring people into the world, at least breathing sustainable population Australia suggested a maximum of two he said well so what so what I mean I mean don't we all have a say in this we're so used to having groups talk for us people to sit back quietly now and they shut up and that's the problem that's the problem we've all been trained like a big herd that these other groups with fancy names will do all the talking for you until you just go down to sleep and you play like a child your whole life on to say, by the same reasoning, contraceptives like diaphragms and condoms, as well as sterilization procedures, should attract carbon credits. So if you, if, you, if you have abortions and all the rest of it, or get sterilized, they'll give you carbon credits. Now, I said that a few years ago, that one day the children, through school training and, and massive indoctrination of falsity, will volunteer to save Mother Earth by being sterilized, and they'll get little credits and little gold stars for doing it. Well, here it is right there, you see, because this is an old, old agenda, and I've been watching it for donkey's years. So, exactly, as doctors, I believe we need to think this way, he wrote in a letter to the journal. As Australians, I believe we need to be less arrogant. Oh, really? Listen to this big cheese talking, less arrogant. As, now, here's the big kicker. He's giving you a clue who he is here. As citizens of the world, now, that's the World Citizen Association from the Rockefeller Institutes. That's what gets handed out there, World Citizenship Awards. And most of the bigwigs at the United Nations have been given that from the Rockefeller Foundation. He's telling you he's a member of the CFR, Royal Institute for International Affairs. He says, I believe we deserve no more than popular concessions than those in India, or no more popular, uh, population concessions than those in India or China. So the guy's also racist. You know. uh, Gary Eagers, director of the New South Wales Centre for Health Promotion and Research, agreed with the call saying former treasurer Peter Costello's request for three children per family, one for mum, one for dad, and one for the country, was too single-minded. 
population remains crucial to all environmental considerations, wrote Professor Eagers, a leading advocate of the personal carbon trading debate. So this guy's getting paid off. He's probably got a grant from the United Nations as well. The debate around population control needs to be reopened as part of a second ecological revolution. We should be very careful. And remember, the Club of Rome were the first ones to publicly publish a book called The First Global Revolution to do with using the environment. And it says it right in it. They dreamed up, they were dreaming about different things to unite the planet, to get the public to do what they were told, basically, and help to reduce the population, etc., and, and that's all in there too, the first global revolution. So this one here says, part of a second ecological revolution. Second. So the introduction of the pill, all the so-called services, they now want to make mandatory. That's what they're talking about here. And sterilization, mandatory. And that also includes the eugenicist uh, list of people who should be allowed not to be sterilized, meaning the superior types, you see, and those who are of less, um, they have less purpose for society in general. They can't serve society. They should be sterilized. This is all falling on the tail of this. I guarantee it. You'll hear about it shortly. Family groups rejected the call, saying larger families use less energy than smaller ones and should not be penalized. Now, See, here's your groups. You always have the ones pro and corn. They always give you two sides. Family groups. So the way you've got family groups, capital F, it means professional family groups associations reject the calls saying larger families use less energy. Now, right away, they take you off the obvious answer that you should probably give, you see. In other words, family groups should reject the carbon tax completely. Throw it out the window instead of twisting it off into the nether regions and accepting there should be a carbon tax in the first place, but not using it to penalize certain people. That's how they've bent it here. That's what the official oppositions do. So they should toss that one out the window, and people better scream bloody murder now before it's too late. Because if you allow this to go through, it'll be on a roll to compulsory. And I'm not kidding. Sterilization has been so well documented in so many books put out by the big professionals themselves, the people who belong to these world associations. Uh, the United Nations has prattled on about it since it was called the League of Nations. It is a department of population control. There, what do you think population control means? The United Nations has the same board, population control. They don't sit on their hands making wish lists on things they'd love to do. They're paid big money. They have think tanks employed. They, 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 they come up with strategies and they, they're given budgets to advertise their strategies into your brain through marketing companies for you to accept it and modify your behavior. And they will bring the population down by any means possible. They've already got control of the entire woods, uh, food supply of the planet by the five agri-food businesses. The entire food supply, everything that you need to exist is owned by a few who are all part of a big association. Really, they're all one. They're all departments of a world system, a world government. 
They're not independent at all. They're not independent corporations. They were set up and funded and brought off the ground into their present size by one single source with the task of taking over everything you need for survival on this planet. The CIA is only a branch of it. MI6 is only a branch of it. All the other alphabet soup agencies, that, like FEMA, they're only branches of the same thing. And the Carnegie and the Ford and Rockefeller Foundations and all the other ones in Britain and the Guggenheim and all the rest of it are all part of one system. And each one has its following of doers and the massive followers that even don't even know what's going on. We're back with more after the following messages. through this old matrix and just showing you that everything is timing as they say at the top and how they start leaking this out this sort of stuff out getting you familiar with it uh, no, and then giving you two official groups that will oppose it at least you think they will and you'll sit back and do nothing that's the standard technique for about a hundred years and it's worked so well every time if you'll sit back and watch it happening and, and of course it does happen because the official opposition groups always get to some strange compromise and go off on a different tangent uh, than the one that you thought they were actually following. So stand up yourselves and, and bung that tax out the window. Don't accept the tax at all because it's going to be the big stick that's going to put you into the, to the ground. It's going to literally stomp you into the ground paying all these ridiculous taxes because they'll think of a thousand reasons for other taxes that will follow. They already have them already to go. They accept one at a time, and you've had it. So throw this one out. It's anti-humane. It's anti-human, period. It's against humanity. If you can't get the message of what I just read, this is anti-human. That means anti-you and anti-your offspring. So if you believe in life itself, including your own, tell them to toss it out the window. Demand they toss it out the window. Completely out the window. It's a complete farce. It's built on nothing substantial at all. All this bogus science hasn't been proven anywhere at all that we're causing it. So toss it out the window. The claim has been many, many ice ages, warming periods in between, and even their, their, their own official uh, sites will tell you they had ice ages and warming periods, global warming, in between them, for thousands and thousands of years, maybe millions, long before man was even on the planet. Well, well, who, who, was, who was letting off the gases back then, eh? Hmm? If we weren't there, huh? The dinosaurs, maybe? Did they tax them? It's all bunkum. Throw it out. Throw it out. And don't even entertain a debate about it. Just throw it out and say it's anti-human. Now, we've got Chris from Texas there. You there, Chris? Hello, Chris. Oh, man. How are you? Oh. Doing good. How you doing? Uh, getting hey. by, yeah. Hey, great. Hey, I got a question for you um, uh, regarding the Bible, the scriptures. Um, uh, my question is, like in the birth, on the book of First uh, Kings, you know, they had a system of, uh, and in, you know, also in the book of Judges, 
you know, they had a system of uh, government where there was a, uh, you know, judges over a certain number of people. And, um, you know, the the story goes, you know, they they insisted on having a king, and God warned them, you know, if you have a king, you're going to have, you know, taxation, you're going to have them take your sons off to war, and so on and so forth. And, and like other things I read in the Bible, like in the New Testament, it, you know, the churches, the New Testament churches, after, you know, Paul went on his messenger journeys, he would send out, excuse me, send out evangelists, and they would uh, set up churches, and they were, they were to be autonomous. They were to have an autonomous form of government, and, and there's nothing in the Bible that would uh, warrant any kind of a centralization. So it seems to me like, like all throughout the Bible, too, I see different things that, are kind of anti any kind of a central control. You know, you, you even look at the Tower of Babel. It was God. You know, they were started to come together, centralized power, and then God, um, you know, uh, send them out, confuse their language. So it, it seems like the Bible is is, is is very much against this system. I mean, what do you? No, uh, no. What, what you, see, there's two ways to read it. There's two ways to read that Bible. Uh-huh. And remember, that Bible has been brought in for every president all the way from New York by eight members of the Higher Lodge when the president sworn in that same Bible. It's a Masonic Bible. Right. And you look at it one way because you've been trained to from birth to see it one way. They, having the abilities and also being taught, once they get up the degrees, at least the ones who are worthy to get up the degrees, they're taught the real meanings of it. And what the real meanings are the system. It's how to manage human people, uh, masses of human people. And what they tell you right there is, what they're showing you is that most people have one big weakness. There are quite a few, actually, but that's one of them, and that they'd rather worship a human god that walks around and promises to take care of them, to do all for them. And that's where a king is. So they're telling you that they'll always go for this leader's stuff. And if, you got, if they get one, it's no different from voting for a prime minister or a president. It's the same thing. It's infantile. You're handing all that, that right and power to make laws to affect you and everyone else to a total stranger. That, and you're taught to believe that person is altruistic somehow, different from the rest of the people. They always come from, they're, they're multi-billionaires, most of them are millionaires. Mm-hmm. They, they clawed their way up there, or their ancestors did. By, by hook and by crook but you think somehow they're going to take care of you that's infantile it's the same con and they're, they're telling you that people would rather worship two-legged heroes uh, than, than, than follow some invisible deity uh, that touched their heart in some way that's what they're telling you right there that right. there's two ways to read everything in that book you see um, and, you, and you don't the same say the book I'm sorry it's the same with, with all of it. Uh, uh, so slavery is condoned in it. It's right, quite acceptable. it is, definitely. Uh, debt, uh, slavery up to the, the fifth generation to pay off the debt. And if your child is born while you're in slavery, that, that child also belongs to the, to the slave master. Right. There are yeah. things in there uh, that when you realize what it's all about, it's about control. Uh, and even, even Jacob gets... Uh, all the preferences for stealing the birthright of his brother and blessed by God for doing it. We're back with more after these messages.
You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt, cutting for the Matrix. And just to finish up that last caller there, I just wanted to mention that there's an esoteric side of the Bible. It's all through it. It's a rule book. That's why the Masons have it on their, in their temples, that old black book, the book of the law. And if you understand how it works, it's telling you the system and what you are allowed to get away with in that system if you're a member of the right group. And that's why they use it in Freemasonry. And if you were to follow every rule in the Old Testament, you'd be in an awful, awful place uh, of confusion. And I'll tell you a little joke about that, which is true. It's a true joke uh, before going to Patty. And this is, this is from Leviticus, if you were to follow it, right? Leviticus 25, verse 44 states that I may indeed possess slaves. This is addressed to Dr. Laura was always quoting little bits, selective, mind you, of the, the particular Old Testament. So Leviticus 25.44 states that I may indeed purchase slaves, both male and females, provided they are purchased from neighboring nations. A friend of mine claims that this applies to Mexicans, but not Canadians. Can you clarify why I can't own a Canadian? That's an open letter to Dr. Laura, who's always quoting selective parts. You could, you could use all the other stuff she omits. And, and ask her the questions. You cannot be selective. If you understand the system uh, that existed back then, you'll understand the forces that are behind the system today. Now we've got Patty from Illinois on the phone. You there, Patty? Hello. Hello. Yeah. Alan, can you yep. hear me? Yes, I can. Yeah. Hi, Alan. Um, I just to kind of go along with what you're talking about. Uh, last Tuesday, I attended the Chicago Council on Global Affairs. Can you hear me? Yes, go ahead. Okay. And um, the man speaking, his name was Walter Russell Mead. He was a Henry A. Kissinger Senior Fellow for the U.S. Foreign Policy Council on Foreign Relations. Yep. So this meeting was sponsored by the Council on Foreign Relations. Mm-hmm. And the talk was the road to 2008 American leadership in an uncertain world. And yes. interesting, when he first got up, he um, stated that that they're a very small group that meet because he's part of the roundtable groups. And he mentioned that this is a very small group, and he was glad to be in Chicago meeting with his colleagues there. And basically his whole talk was about bringing the Anglo-American system to the world. And he kept calling it a system. He used a lot of catchphrases, like you said in Freemasonry, uh, bringing order out of the chaos or... Mm -hmm. And um, he also made some comments that if they, if Americans don't continue bringing and using God and bringing it to other countries and our our, uh, our our system, even though we have to be kind and nice about it, we need to bring it. That catastrophes would fall on America if we didn't continue bringing these systems in. Mm-hmm. And um, he also stated that other countries. Countries that won't bring in this Anglo-American system will probably perish. Well, probably, indeed, they probably will. <laughs> yeah, and They'll so... They'll make was, sure of that, yeah. It was, it was quite amazing, really, to sit there listening, um, and the way he talked was kind of reminded me of that uh, audio you had on Adox Huxley, just saying all these things, and 
as if this was a natural evolution, that this, he yes, wasn't talking like there was any, you know, world powers for people, but that it was somehow some American, British, mm-hmm. you know, all us normal people just want to run around and do this kind of stuff, you know. That's right. So it was, it's, it's, it was, uh, it it's was evolving really something happenstance, else. <laughs> happenstance of evolution. Right. Uh, that's right. It's all just happening through some strange unknown force of nature. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he was promoting his book, God and Gold, Britain, America, and the Making of the Modern World. Yeah. yeah. And um, uh, so it, it was interesting. I, I was kind of expensive, but I wanted to, I heard about it. A friend asked me to go, so I thought, well, this would be kind of interesting. I did ask a question. I was a little bit nervous, but um, I did say to him, you know, because he kept saying we're spreading democracy and everything, and I asked him, I said, well, I had a uh, his colleagues um, had written a you know devote a whole uh, foreign affairs magazine to the rise of China, mm-hmm. and in it they stated that in fact that uh, they used to believe that democracy would bring uh, freedom and an economic stable country, but that China now was proof that you no longer needed a democracy to have an eco- uh, you know an economic giant that you could have a totalitarian dictatorship. Mm-hmm. So I asked him, since uh, his own people said that, you know, a t- uh, you know, a booming economy can be from a totalitarian dictatorship, um, and given that America is getting more and more, uh, you know, with the Patriot Act 1 and 2, more and more laws and regulations and less freedoms, uh, doesn't it seem kind of odd that we're trying to go around the world promoting democracy? Yes, that's um, right. You see, democracy has never had a stable definition in its right, history. Right, right. It's an but evolving... you didn't like my question very much. <laughs> yes, right. And, and this is the thing, too. One of the high members of the Trilateral Commission from Harvard University, who wrote a lot of books on behalf of the Trilateral Commission and the, the Council on Foreign Relations, was uh, Samuel P. Huntington. Mm-hmm. And he wrote a book called Crisis in Democracy, where he said uh, that because, because of exactly what you're talking about, uh, they'd have to change the entire system for the whole world and promote it through a thousand different organizations, and it would take massive propaganda to encourage the public along this path. So that's a good book, Crisis in Democracy, by Samuel, Professor Samuel P. Huntington, uh, for right from the horse's mouth, Council on Foreign Relations and Trilateral Commission. And, and they, they tell you right in there the, the kind of system, exactly what you're talking about, to a sort of benevolent dictatorship for right, the world, where right. your betters would, 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 would know what's best for you and decide um, what you'd do for your whole life uh, from birth to death. Yeah. yeah, and he also went on about how technology was advancing so rapidly that that would also be used. Yes, and whatever's dished out now, uh, but they had back in the 40s and 50s, it's just been told us. So, so they know the, the score, they've planned it this way, and uh, uh, yeah, shortly we'll, be in, we'll see the martial law. It's, 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 getting, it's starting to step out now, it's not just on the books. We'll see it right. in the streets shortly. They're actually searching people going in and out of subways now, that's, that's the start of it. Um, and, and so it's on a complete roll, and if the public... I don't start, I don't stop, or don't, actually if the public start uh, not cooperating with them now, it's the only chance I've got, because it's going to get worse. 
Yes, that's, very quickly. That's true. Very quickly, because that was, I could. It, he, they're very sure of themselves. He's he was very very um, yes. arrogant. They're extremely so. Very arrogant. And, and that's the greatest time actually to get these characters when they're on a high of arrogance. Uh, they they don't expect people to come forward and scattered all over the planet and start saying, no, no, we're not having right. this way. We never elected you to do these things. Or and these guys, most of them are not elected anyway. They're advisors. And, right. and, uh, and they have no more say in how the world should go than anyone else on the planet. That's, and they've got to start true. forcing that through there. They have no more say or rights over anyone else or how anyone else should live than anyone else has or you have over your neighbors. That's basically how it should be. And it's got to be or we're doomed. Yeah, yeah, I I do, you know, I know people who have stood up and, and they they have faced a big penalty for it. Yes, you will. For sure. But if, if, if more and more people. people start doing it, eventually they can't keep up with it. They, they can't put enough people in jail. They can't find no. them enough. They don't have enough courts to, to handle it. And uh, and they really hate being exposed. You see, the whole trick of, of the Wizard of Oz is... Is, is that he's behind that curtain, he's under a veil of, uh, of um, it's almost a separation from the public and himself. He has a badge in front of him, you might say. He's got authority given to him that we're all taught to respect. But like all authority, it's only an idea, it's only an acceptance of the public. That's where they get their authority ultimately from. And what they're trying to do is turn it into the social infantile system where, where you view your parents in awe. You, you look up to your parents in absolute awe when you're very, very small. They're gods to you. And, um, and that's what they're trying to do is to bring that system back and make us perpetual children and to view them as somehow giants and superior as, as parental type figures. And we've got to put, put the balance back and say, oh, no. You know, you go to the bathroom the same way as I do. You drop your pants on the toilet the same as I do. Uh, and, and you're no different whatsoever, uh, regardless of all the little titles some, some idiot has given you. Uh, and, but you have no say in what I do with my life or how I should live my life. And that's what we've got to tell them now. Yeah, it's a, and it, it was amazing because it, there really wasn't anybody challenging yes. him. It was really a, the woman who introduced him, it was... She acted like she was introducing God himself or something. There you go. So that's exactly what it is. very strange. <laughs> and that's what Bertrand Russell said. Is we shall create a world run by experts. And he also mentioned the groups that would form and they'd be devoted to them, devoted followers that would help. They'd be all the workers, the, the useful idiots that would bring it into being. And we're seeing, we've lived, we've grown up in this society with this happening. It was yeah. happening before we were born. Now it's on, it's on a roll but yet when, when they're so arrogant and that they start making their declarations, they, they, that's when you have to remember, wait a minute here, um, they're supposed to be serving us, or everything, everybody we, we elect. And I've, I keep telling people that you don't elect anybody to anything, even your local council, until their whole life and every association they belong to and have sworn allegiance to is on the table. If they won't give it to them, then, then they should not be able to run at all for any position. I, I'm hopeful that maybe things will change, but it, I, I just, when you were talking about that, having the one, you know, them pushing, having one child again and everything, I already hear people talking that 
they think there's certain people that shouldn't be allowed to have children. That's right. I've, I heard, remember my own they're family. They're talking it about me. it, and it's yep. like, oh my gosh, you know. Yep. I can't. And that's the whole thing. This is control freak time, and the control freaks, even at the bottom level, who've watched mm-hmm. all the same television shows and propaganda, will, will always side with those that see as the most powerful. And, and they'll adopt their, their views as well. Of course, they always think that they're superior than their neighbors, and somehow it, it doesn't affect them. Right. But of course, right. it will affect them. Yeah. And Definitely. that's what I always find out in the long run. It affects everyone down at the bottom, but not the elite. That's the only ones that it won't affect. But this, this right. starting off with children is to get the children used to it because the generation that will come up in 10 years will be told that if they get sterilized after massive indoctrination into saving the planet, uh, then they're doing the world a favor, and they will get exemptions from heavy taxes and so on, little brownie points if they're good citizens. That's just unbelievable. Yep. But I, I, I was watching, I was, at, a, I was at, at the doctor's office, and there was a cartoon on. I didn't know what the name of the cartoon at the time was, but I researched it later, and I guess it's a popular cartoon called the Fairly Odd Parents or something. It's a uh-huh. Nickelodeon cartoon. Yeah. And the guy in it tells this little kid, eat your genetically modified food. It'll make you super strong and give you powers. Yes, that's right. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. I couldn't believe it. it was I know. As right on a cartoon. <laughs> there's so much in the cartoons. Even uh, there was one there with, with a, a little cartoon professor, all the animals, and the rabbit was sick. What was making him sick, he couldn't eat his, his, his lettuce anymore. And the scientist says, don't worry, children, we, we can alter his DNA and he'll be able to eat carrots and other, or different kinds of vegetables. And that was in the cartoon. That was in the cartoon. Oh, gosh. Yeah, yeah. Well, See, everything yeah. is propaganda. Everything is propaganda. Yeah, but I, I guess I, I was brought up with Mickey Mouse, so I can't say. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? In, you know, now in, that in I kind of know what that is, I... You yeah. know, I was like, oh, my gosh, MIC. <laughs> That's <real> right. <laughs> they even took all, all the scenes where, where the characters like, like Bugs Bunny and so on had cigars in their mouths. That's now politically incorrect, so they removed them from the old cartoons. Oh, okay, okay, yep. yeah. That's the Orwellian yeah. stuff you see happening down the memory hole. Just yeah. snip out the parts yeah. you don't like. But thanks yeah. for calling, Patty. Yeah, well, thank you, and nice talking with you, Alan, and I'm glad you, you have this show. It's been really great. Thanks. Yeah, call again. All right. Take care. So I've got Dan Bye. from Kentucky. Are you there, Dan? Hello, How Dan. How are you? Not so bad. How are you? Good, good. Um, you mentioned in your books about um, uh, Hooker by Crook, and it made me think what you said about the pharaohs having a flail yeah. and a crook. And the good shepherd, rod and staff, will comfort me. But also the phrase hook or crook, it seems like hook is the reason they give you, and then crook is the real reason that That's you right. mention uh, all uh, the time. And what they should do with, with that little, little uh, crook was to pull on the neck of the sheep to, to, to point them in the right direction. Uh, and if it didn't go, they used the, the, the rod. So they'd bash them on the head with the rod. So coercion first followed by force. That's what law is based on. And that's what you'll see the queen holding a miniature scepter in one hand. and actually a miniature whip in the other, too. This goes back thousands of years. I had an idea that maybe people could get together personally or even on the Internet and share strategies that 
have worked in dealing with psychopaths, you know, at lower or higher levels, even in their own families. Mm-hmm. And that kind of networking, you mentioned, you know, uh, stand up to them, you know, uh, with their arrogance and things. But if people could you know, get together and strategize, even on the Internet or in person, that would be a good idea. And then also in ancient Greece, uh, uh, Corvidal and Creation, mentions in other places that um, democracy was something that they could change any time. You know, they changed a treaty or whenever anything came through. So democracy uh, could change at the whim of the people in power. Well, democracy, even Plato said it, always ends up with dictatorship. So they knew that 2,300 years ago. Uh-huh. And, I and so, a, uh, and that, so, in other words, it's intended that it goes that way to, be, to give you a king of the world one day. Ah, at least uh, a figurehead, at least. Uh-huh. And I had a question about round tables. In King Arthur, they have the seat perilous, or they say there's an empty 12th or 13th seat at the round table. And I was wondering, because circles depend on the center for power, if, what is the Masonic meaning of that open seat or space at the round table? And is that a weakness in their system because uh, the circle isn't completely strong if there's an empty space? It's, for, it's because ultimately at the top... It's the same with the 12 night. You see, that there's always a sun. The sun goes through the constellations of the zodiac, the 12 constellations, and it's called, it's in the house of the, as they call it, the house of Pisces or whatever. And, and so all the nights represent, on one hand, there's, there's a whole bunch of levels of understanding here, but on the one hand, uh, the nights are members of the zodiac, each with a function, a particular function. That's where they give you personalities of each person. And, uh, and, of course, the other one is the sun. Uh, sometimes King Arthur himself can be the sun. Uh, he was the one who lost his light. The, the, the earth perished with in darkness until he regained it. Is there a difference with the lunar or solar, the lunar 13, like yeah, Robert? Hi, folks. Alan walked back with Cutting Through the Matrix and... And uh, we had a caller on the line talking about King Arthur. There's so much esoteric understanding written into the stories. If you understand the story, you understand what it's all about, including um, the Sang Rial, as they call it as well. I know. Uh, and the ceremony of basically emasculation. I am wounded in the side, dear lady, when he's asked. This procession comes out of the main room. And the knight is asked to go to bed with a lady. And he says, I can't. I've been wounded in the side. And the car in front of him, this mysterious object, all talk about the Holy Grail, is actually the genitalia. Uh, that's what it's telling you right there. It was removed. Ancient mystery religion. And the high adepts, once they had a certain age, would often go through that particular procedure. So I don't know if that caller is still on the line, but we have to go on to Dan from Kentucky. Uh, Kentucky or is it yeah, the, Alan. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I was wondering if uh, the 13 uh, series of the lunar calendar, like Robert Graves talk about, what's the difference between that and the solar? And you mentioned there's a stellar, but yeah, well, if you go by the lunar calendar, levels? you have 13 full moons. Yep. So there's a, a stellar, a lunar, and a solar system, and they all work on different levels. 
yeah, yeah, uh, all all the way up, and even the even this even this the uh, lunar one has an esoteric to it because Saturn is behind the, the night time. Uh, remember, the ancient Hebrews' uh, day began when the sun went down, so their day lasted all night long. And uh, Solomon went up the high places to worship the star, as they call it. It wasn't a star; it was a planet. It was a uh, planet Saturn, oh. and um, and that's why they worshipped on Saturday, Saturn's day. You see. The Christians get the sun, the open sky, to follow because they're, they're, they're not allowed into the, the higher mysteries. So everything's out in the open, so they're kept like children in a sense. So they worship on Sunday, the sun's day. Okay? Now Thank you very on. much. I have to move on Appreciate to Appreciate your work. Thanks. Okay. Are you there, Tim? North Carolina. Quick comment. Uh, yeah, I, I got a quick comment. Yeah. I looked up, you know, uh, the word "anta," the part on internet today, and the, and the primary meaning of the word is to place uh, something in a tomb or a grave. Hello. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. And uh, I thought that was interesting because uh, you know you couple that with "net." What does that really mean? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And net backwards remembers ten. You're back to the binary code: the zero, one, the male, the female, the male. You know. That's right. That's right. Slow scaring. Yeah, that's I know why you're Washington D.C. D.C. If you speak D.C. D.C. in French, you, you got ten. Right. Everything's right. I've been in front of us. I'm almost through with them. Yeah. Okay. okay I hang up because I know you're closing. Okay. Thanks. Thanks for calling. Thanks. So, for the listeners, please look into my website, cuttingthroughthematrix.com and look out what I have for sale, uh, buy the books, buy the DVDs, CDs, that keeps me going. And you can, you can donate as well, and information is on the site to do so. And I can keep putting out this information as long as I can, or before they shut me down from whatever direction, who knows what will happen in the future. Because we're going into dire times, laws have been passed to, to literally shut people up unless they use the Masonic term, toe the line, uh, or become politically correct. And I hatred stations one day will become politically correct and talk about politics all the time. From Hamish myself up here in Ontario, Canada, I think I heard the music coming in there. Yeah. It's good night, and may your God or your gods go with you.